Here's some good news. If you're kind of a bit tired and uh, thought of trying to concentrate uh, is a bit foreboding, uh, I can probably give you what you need to hear, which I'm going to take the next half an hour or so to say. If you listen now, you could probably get the message in about one sentence. Yeah? Does that sound good? No, it's not supposed to sound good. No, no, no. All right. One Thessalonians five eighteen says, "In everything, give thanks, for this is the will of God concerning you." In everything, give thanks. At all times, give thanks. That's actually God's will. If you've ever stopped to think, I wonder what God wants of me. I wonder what his will is. I wonder what his desire is. Well, there it is. In everything, in every situation, give thanks. That's it. Yeah? Oh, by the way, you're supposed to kind of take that and oh, say, yeah. Yeah, I probably ought to do that. Yeah, you've got to add that bit to it. Yeah, I ought to do it. There's no point in just having it as a kind of, you know, a knowledge thing, so that you maybe, you know, write out and stick on your wall. No, it's got to be something we actually do. But that's it. We could all go home now. Yeah. All right, let me, let me uh, maybe enlarge a little bit on that. In everything, give thanks. In every situation, at all times. Good times, a lot easier than bad times. I wonder, I wonder what God's plan is in that. I wonder what his purpose is in that, because he's kind of asking us to do something which goes against the grain. There was a, a kind of weird teaching that went around a few years ago that kind of got the hold of this, but, you know, got hold of it wrong. So if you break your legs, say, praise the Lord. Uh, you know, it kind of almost had got the truth, but somehow kind of quite missed it. If everything goes wrong, it's almost saying... Hallelujah, instead of something you shouldn't say, you know? The problem is, it's not the word, it's the intent behind the word that's critical. So, it's a very interesting thing. What does he, what, what has he got, what is his purpose? What has he got in mind? And I've been thinking, sensing God saying something like this to us, uh, against a backdrop of an awful lot of things to be grateful to God for. A lot of things to be thankful for. Nathan was just mentioning some of them. When we think uh, of the goodness of God uh, to us and how we've been celebrating that uh, in recent times, uh, particularly the Gratitude Gallery helping us uh, to do that. But I was just sitting there and I was thinking... Um, I think just in these last few months the way God has uh, helped us and answered prayer and used us uh, across the, the network and across the nations and all what we saw in the Sierra Leone through this horrendous Ebola time and uh, God's provision and God's promise and God's purpose worked out I mean this is, this is fantastic uh, stuff, the funding that's come in to pursue God's mandate to see a nation changed. And I was thinking about, uh, just it goes back a few months, but we referred to it last week, the team going to Ukraine and the blessing and the, and the manifestation of the power of God and 
miracles and all that stuff happening. And then the leaders coming from the emerging leaders coming from the different nations in October, uh, and uh, that significant breakthrough time of conference. Then all that we've been hearing. What a great week. Wow. Who could ever think that a week of prayer could be so utterly exciting, so totally thrilling, to access the presence of God and give glory and thanks to him and all the goodness that he's doing. And Stuff we were hearing, was it Friday night, uh, about God's work amongst the children, fulfilling what he said he was going to do, and the outpouring of the Holy Spirit and kids moving in, in the supernatural and uh, what we're hearing and seeing about the youth and meeting with God in this uh, particular and wonderful way and the flow of testimonies I said to you before I, I can remember reading books about some of the things that we have as a regular thing uh, in our, it, was, it was so uh, outstanding that people would write a book about it now it's just what happens uh, in our everyday life uh, so much, so much to be thankful to God for. Then I'm thinking, some of the things we were singing. Uh, when the darkness closes in, still I will say, blessed be the name of the Lord. This week, we had the sadness of saying, seen the loss of one of our brethren we had Steve's Betty's funeral again interestingly Shirley and Darren and Stephanie focused on Thanksgiving mm, yeah Thanksgiving in everything giving thanks for this is the, the will of God In 2 Timothy chapter 4, it says this, to accept and suffer unflinchingly every hardship. I kind of like to skip over those scriptures, you know. But I can't deny that they exist. Then we got the one that we've looked at oh so uh, poignantly before, uh, I guess I shall always remember that we started on this just the week before I had that accident. Consider it all joy when you encounter various trials and tribulations. And in the plan of God, we had personally the opportunity to live through the reality of that, not just have it as a, a good thought or a good idea. You see, the thing is, these things don't kind of come as an option. Would you like to? It actually comes as an instruction. So, on the one hand, that means there ain't no wiggle room. You can't wiggle out of an instruction. You can be disobedient, but you can't wiggle out of an instruction from God. Well, I'm, I'm not sure, God. Maybe you kind of meant to say it like this. No, God says what he means and means what he says. But with, of course, an instruction from God comes God's grace, God's help to actually, once we've chosen to be obedient to it, there is a supernatural empowerment, an ability from God that enables us to be obedient to it. We receive his strength to enable us to be obedient to it. And we could all think about times of trial and tribulation and things that happen. I was thinking uh, about something which is not so much physical but have a profound effect. Times of, of rejection. Look, we're here today and we're celebrating and enjoying and reveling in God's love, reveling in the reality of it, reveling in the fact that he so loved us that he gave himself for us, 
reveling in the fact that we're part of his family, reveling in the fact that we are the family of God and all the things that flow out of that. The ability to know that people express that life of commitment, not just in a theory, but in reality and practicality. It's not, it's not a kind of easy thing, uh, this whole area, um, where instead of being loved and accepted, there's a rejection, very difficult, painful. Even more painful when it's people that are close. When I look back, I think, yeah, some of those, some of those times of rejection... And I'm not necessarily saying, I'm not setting myself up as a model to say I always got it right. That in everything gave thanks. In every place, in every situation, accessed what God wants in that. But I do thank God that as we sought in particular situations to kind of catch what he wanted... When I look, I see how he navigated us through. About 20 years ago, a couple of the leaders felt that they wanted to go off and took a lot of people with them. And that, that was a painful sort of experience. These things often get accompanied with unnecessarily sort of harsh and Sometimes spiteful things. But you know what I was thinking? I was thinking, and some of you remember this, how God helped us uh, to do what was kind of counter-intuitive. It wasn't what we would naturally want to do. And uh, I remember getting some very good uh, input from one of the brothers that had walked with us at that time, or some time before that, that led us to actually uh, take a position of saying, we choose to forgive. And actually gave us some particular things to do. I remember my wife and I uh, feeling that God would have us to stand uh, in our room at home and verbally declare that and then I asked the leaders to get together to do that and then as a church we came together we, and we invited those leaders to come back and took responsibility yes, I think it's all in the scripture There'll come a time when the younger ones take you and dress you and lead you. And, you. and uh, took that responsibility. And so in the midst of that, I'm not saying we always got it right, but there was something that God was doing. And then we look back. And we recognised that we came through that which was a, a kind of difficult and traumatic time in a good place, intact, not looking back, not having little bitternesses, not little snipings, but moving on the purpose of God, graced by God for his purpose. So there came a time we could say, you know what, we didn't look back from that point. We literally did not look back. Came to that point where we recognised that if there hadn't have been that parting of ways, we could not have gone into the very things that God had planned. But we didn't know that at the time. So the response reaction was important. Think of another time. Uh, it's applied to Zimbabwe. And uh, it was an unusual time. I seem to recall we were in K 
California at a conference. And unusually, Dawn was there with me. I'm sure she was there with me. I mean, she's always with me, you know. Eh? Yes. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Really appreciate the input from Nathan. And uh, Prophet, a couple of prophets were there and they prophesied. And I thought, I think they just, I actually said to Dawn afterwards, I think they just flipped. I just, and she said, no, I think God's speaking to us about Zimbabwe. And it was all about this whirlwind will come and it will take away and will destroy and you will say but we're not done and we, you will try to hang on but I'm saying you shan't and you will do nothing and so on and so forth and lo and behold that's exactly what happened and so in that instance it was a case of not fighting for anything just letting everything go just seeking to walk by God's grace with a right heart before him. And God indeed did what exactly what he said he was going to do. He brought things back in a completely different way. See, the truth of the matter is, we all know you can't control what happens. But in God, we can decide how we're going to respond. And what I want us to see this morning, consistent with what God is saying to us, that to just... Be thankful in good times. To just be thankful when we get kind of the thing that we really want. Yeah, that's good. But it's not enough. God calls us to be thankful in every time and every situation. And the reason for that is that this thing of thankfulness, and I'll look at it in a, in a bit later on, it opens the doorway in God and in us, for him to work out a purpose which we might not see or understand. Because we don't not, we're not equipped to comprehend the, the, the mind and the plan of eternal God. We have, of course, the <clears throat> example that Jesus gave us. Uh, you know, we can, in any given situation, be angry, bitter. We can retaliate. Or we can do just as Jesus did. But just remember, if we just think about the rejection element of it. He was rejected by the Romans, the Samaritans, by his own people. But when he rose again, he didn't rile against them. If you think he was lied about, he was mocked, he was assaulted, he was humiliated, he was tortured, he was killed. But how did he react when he rose again? His reaction was the same. That whosoever will come to him and call on the name of the Lord. Anybody who turns to him, that very act of turning to him, the veil, that that blindfold is removed so that they can come into this understanding of just who he is and who he is to them. They can come into the, into the very comprehension of the fatherhood of God. And I guess it's probably true that some things are allowed in our lives so that we do gain the privilege of sharing in the fellowship of his sufferings. So there's different reactions that are possible. The bitter, angry, retaliate, disappointed. Uh, or the alternative is to be like Jesus. And remember, he's empowered us to be like him. Let's not forget, this is not about some superhuman effort, because that would never work. But this is about the fact that being born again of the Spirit of God means the same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in us the same empowerment the same ability to live according to his plan is what God has given us oh thank God we've been delivered from a <clears throat> half-hearted substandard 
gospel that says, come to Jesus, get blessed, have your sins forgiven, and one day go to heaven. What, when I think about that, when I think about the years I preached that, I think how pathetic. It kind of closes the doorway to the whole truth of the gospel where he calls forth the people that will show what he's like in the earth. And he calls forth the people who will submit their lives to his rule. And he empowers them to live as testimonies. So not wait for some rapture, but to actually live as those whom Christ has, has purposed and has empowered to show what he's like in a real world. What a privilege representatives of the most high God you could be sitting next to one right now just imagine that they might not look like it but that's who they are born again the spirit of God wow you're in a very 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 significant company this morning yeah very significant company Because you're sitting with people that have been called of God to show what he's like, what eternal God, to show what he's like in his world. Better way to go. Didn't retaliate, no insults, no threats when he suffered, but entrusted himself to God. Much better way than living, living through life holding a grudge. You realise holding a grudge actually has, a, has quite a bite in it because actually the grudge holds you in the end. That's what happens. Thank God for his strength to help that power to live supernaturally. So what does God want? <clears throat> All right, we live in a, in a world where there's a lot of emphasis on how to develop your gifts, how to find your strengths. I have bad memories of that. We only ever did it once. I've steered clear of it ever since. Because uh, somebody came along and they got this computer thing on how to find your strengths. That was okay until my, uh, my wife's strength turned out to be celibacy. <laughs> At which point, having uh, have, well, at least three children... <laughs> mm had immaculate conception raised its head again or was there some fault in this program see God gives us gifts and we can get caught up in how to develop and this, but the problem with all that is that it it makes it makes us you centred me centred the focus on me God wants us to remember that we sung it this morning. Spirit of the living God, fall afresh on me. Melt me, mould me, fill me, use me. That's what God wants. Let me, let's just turn, I want us to look at the scripture together. Um, Two Corinthians is the one I want. Two Corinthians twelve. Uh, but the Lord said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Wasn't it? We're getting here a little clue, a little insight into God's purpose. I don't think we're ever going to understand it. My power is made perfect in weakness. 
And what I'm, what I'm wanting to, to do today is primarily, as I said at the beginning, just kind of really hook into that particular requirement of God. His will is that we, in everything, give thanks. But to kind of think about the purpose there. Therefore, this is Paul writing to the Corinthians, therefore I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses. That's a bit, again, counter-normal, isn't it? It's, oh, I'm good at this, I'm good at that. Uh, I've developed this strength. I, I know this particular... So that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties. For when I am weak, then I'm strong. Well, I can't honestly say that I'm at the point of fully embracing that. But I don't want to ignore it. That there's something there of a vital key. And uh, in recent times, uh, is Penny is Penny here? Penny, can you you shared something this week? And Avril, could you come? Is Ginny here? No. Just come and I'd like you. I want us to kind of get hold of this thing. Um, how when when things are not as we would choose, yet there's there's this particular place in God there's something I'm going to call it secret because we can't really see it it's it's indefinable process of God that in in times that we wouldn't choose as we respond rightly to God God can work out his purpose kind of behind the scenes it's like it's almost there's, there's an alternative process going on. So we're focused on the things that are happening or the experiences that we're going through. But as we, as we respond rightly, there's, there's a, a process of God, an invisible process of God being worked out. And what I'm wanting is that we, we actually don't miss that and what I'm saying, what I believe from the Word of God is that the, the kind of entry point, the key point into that is this place of thankfulness. Penny, you've got a mic there. Um, I just shared on, uh, in the week of thankfulness, um, I've been going through quite a difficult situation at home um, and it's been going on for many months and despite you know prayer and and really looking to God to break through nothing seems to be happening and I was actually starting to get really angry with God and and sort of saying why is this not happening and then um God gave me just a sense that actually what he was showing me is that we would look back and we would see God involved in all of the situation and so I just needed to focus on him and the knowledge and the assurance that he is a good God and that is perfect in all his ways, mm. and, and, and not to be looking to the circumstances, but to just focus mm. on him. Mm. And even yesterday, God gave me a picture of, um, you know, like on a play where the curtains come and then there's a change of, of scene that goes behind in the background. Mm -hmm. And God showed me that he's at work in that, in that background mm. scene. He's mm. setting up and that when the right time comes, mm. the, scene, the, the curtains will open again and I'll see the next stage. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, Penny. Pat? Um, something God really taught me when I was ill many years ago, um, I was at the most serious point of illness. I'd been in hospital six months and tubes coming out and everywhere. And every time people prayed, it got worse. And Richard Cole from Sierra Leone was coming over and everybody said, okay, we're going to get Richard to pray for you because we really see him moving healing. And when he arrived, literally from the plane to the, the hospital ward, he said, I'm not going to pray for healing. I'm going to pray that you can thank God. And since that time in my life, it's like God reminds me of that. When things feel like it the most difficult, God reminds me that he wants me to thank him. And I can't do it by saying, right, I'm going to thank God now. This is, these are all the things I can thank God for. I do it by submitting to him and say, God, I can't, I can't see it, I can't do it. Give me your lens. 
And always, God, in his faithfulness, gives me his lens of my life at that time. And I see him, and just like Penny said, it's not about the stuff he does. It's not about changing the circumstance. He just again comes and meets with me. And it amazes me because it enables me to thank him because of what he's done and who he is. And sometimes I don't want to ask for that because I want the situation to change. And I can always say, I'm not going to ask for that. I just want you to change it. And actually then I have to submit again and say, God, I'm just going to trust you. And let's not worry about the situation. Let me just see you again. And that lens comes. And it's amazing how then I can thank him. Mm. I have... Uh, Ginny, Ginny just came in, so... You with the kids? Um, so, in the week, I was having a quiet time, and it was all about what kind of storm are you in? Is it a storm from the devil or from Jesus? And, um, and I was looking at my life and the storm that I've just had, and, well, I'm not going to say it came from God, because it didn't. But the point was, how did I navigate that? Yeah. And um, Bill Johnson, who um, sort of led me to this, was talking about that sometimes all we want is to be delivered from the storm. But actually, what I found was I wasn't delivered from the storm, but God had put things in my life that were resources. So, like, for example, he sent his word. So instead of being afraid of the cancer, and like before... I was reassured because he said he was going to be with me. Mm. I had people around me to serve me all the time. Whatever I needed, there was somebody there. Um, different things where it was impossible for me to ch change the circumstance. God had gone ahead in every circumstance. So this storm, I weathered strong. Yeah. I wasn't flaky or like last time. <laughs> I cried a lot last time. I hid a lot. But actually, this time, I've come out of it strong and firm. Yes. And I, did, I might have had wobbles, but they were like jelly. You know, when you want to make sure that the jelly's set, you give it a bit of a shake, <laughs> and it's okay. And that's what my wobbles looked like. But overall, I found that in this storm, that God had preset supports and structures in my way to make me succeed and overcome the storm rather than being overwhelmed by it. Mm, thanks, Jim. I think it's good to, to kind of bring these things as we can into a personal application, you know, uh, the reality of, uh, of where, we, uh, where we are and the things that we're saying. And uh, we'll look at it as a biblical example as well. Um, I had a, uh, an awful moment yesterday when... Uh, there was complications with uh, um, the birth of the baby. And I thought, I don't really want to be this message, thankful in bad times. And it was like a, it's like a challenge. This is what you're saying. Uh, are, you, are you open to be thankful to God in every situation? Well, I'm very, very pleased that I didn't have to be the message. Uh, you know, let's be real. It's, it's a lot easier to be thankful in good things and thankful for God providing the things that we ask him for. But equally, let's understand that God wants us to be thankful in everything and in all situations so that he can work out what he can see when sometimes we can't. And time and again, we see that coming out of these things, you think what Fatima shared with us some, uh, some time ago, in all the horrific things she faced, I always remember her saying, I am thankful to God for those things. In that horrific time and situation that she went through, because it brought me into this place of his presence. You know, sometimes we can look back, uh, but we recognize that there's that place of, of deciding that we want to tap into what God is doing um, rather than just uh, react against it. Um, even 
Yeah, we can strive and you can struggle and you fight against it, but uh, there is a better way. All right, let's look at a biblical story. Let me just tell you one other thing before we do that. Uh, not only Jamie, but particularly Jamie, um, had this thing, especially when we were going through some of those uh, difficult times uh, uh, after I'd had this accident. And uh, he would say, so what are you thanking God for today? And it's very interesting. Well, it's a fairly sort of innocent sort of question. But why did I want to wring his neck when he said it? <laughs> what was that that riled up inside me that I wanted to give him an answer? You know, if only you understood what was happening. Hmm. What are you thanking God for today? See, it's not just a question. It's not just the mechanics. But it's understanding what that is challenging. It's challenging a particular train of thought, a particular direction. It's saying, wait a minute, should you not be focused in this other direction? And what I believe God would say to us as a people at this time is absolutely, absolutely be thankful, be praising, be rejoicing, be reveling in the good times and the things that God does. But let's not stop that when things aren't what we want, when it's not working how we want, because that still means that God is working out his purpose and we tap into it. The entry point is through that place of Thankfulness. Psalm 100. We enter his gates with thanksgiving. We enter his place, into his realm, into what he wants, into his sphere, and into his courts with praise. There's a, there's a special entry point through that. All right. Let's have a look at a little Bible story, because we like Bible stories. 1 Kings chapter 19. How are you doing? Eh? See? It's all right. Isn't it good where you've not got to really remember anything other than the main point that was said at the beginning? Yeah? I mean, some of you probably quite having quite a nice restful time. Yeah? Yeah? All right. Where do I say? 1 Kings 19. This is the story of Elijah. Um, all right, Elijah, let's, let's go into the background a little bit. Um, He'd had this showdown with the, with the prophets of Baal. It was pretty effective. You know, all the, the fire coming down, consuming the, the sacrifice and the altar and all the... I mean, it's it pretty good. You know, I mean, you, you kind of would be on a high after that, wouldn't you? Yeah? You know the story where he had this contest with the prophets of Baal and the... They couldn't get the thing to go, but he couldn't get the fire to go, and he just called. God came down. Yeah. All right. Then he get, runs into um, Jezebel, and uh, Jezebel sends a message to him. May the gods deal with me, be it ever so severely, if by this time tomorrow I do not make your life like one of them, one of the dead ones. Yeah. Okay. So he was afraid and ran for his life. And uh, remember, this guy can run. This is a guy who can run faster than a chariot and horses, even if he starts out after them. Uh, he still can get there before. But, I mean, he can run. So he was using an ability that he had. Uh, he was. He said, "Look." Uh, this thing's getting to me. I know what I can do here. I can run. So run he does. And he comes to um, Beersheba. He leaves his servant there while he went a day's journey into the desert. Um, he came to a broom tree, sat down under it and prayed that he might die. I've had enough, Lord. Yeah, not, it's not a very positive time. Take my life. I'm no better than my ancestors. And he lay down under the tree and fell asleep. So he's, in, he's not in a good place. He's, he's in a, this is not a good day. All, right? all at once, 
An angel touched him and said, get up and eat. And he looked around and there by his head was a cake of bread baked over hot coals and a jar of water. And he ate and drank and lay down again. He's in a process. Uh, he cannot live simply on the victories that he's even seen God do. That is not the totality of life. Not about living on a high. Not living on sort of one element of successful faith after another. So he's in the process of God, but interestingly, although he doesn't feel it, God's still looking after him. Again, a bit extreme, sends an angel, freshly baked bread, um, uh, water there, all provided, don't even have to get up and cook it, wakes him up when it's ready. I mean, it kind of God is lavish with his looking after. So it's like breakfast in bed, and then why don't you go back, dearie, and sleep again for a bit longer? Yeah? Any wives want to take this word and apply it for their husbands? That will be appreciated. Yeah? The angel of the Lord came back a second time and touched him and said, get up and eat for the journey is too much for you. So he got up and ate and drank. and Strengthened by that food, he travelled 40 days and 40 nights. Huh. I don't think bread and water would do that for me. Yeah, want something else. So now we, un- we come to understand that not only was it supernaturally provided, that God is supernaturally sustaining him as giving him something which is going to keep him going through the process. And when he felt he was just fit to die and he was done for and there was no hope and there was no future and he was in fear, God was still with him. God was still working out his process. But what's more, God was actually looking after him in the storm, in the difficulty and in the situation. The word of the Lord came to him. He went into a cave and spent the night. The word of the Lord came to him. What are you doing here, Elijah? Right, so he's seen the provision of God. He's seen the exciting things. He's had God looking after him. Oh, I've been very jealous for the Lord God Almighty. The Israelites have rejected your covenant, broken down your altars, put your prophets to death with the sword. I'm the only one left and now they're trying to kill me. <laughs> little bit of self-pity there. Yeah? Would you pick that up? Yeah. Uh, you know what self-pity? You know what the other side of that coin you know, on a coin, you've got heads and tails. The other side of the coin, in other words, the same coin, the other side of it is bitterness. Whew. That's a killer. That is a killer. Yeah? Lord said, go and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord, for the Lord is about to pass by. Then we have, I know many of you know this story, but I just want to kind of touch on it for those who don't know it. A great and powerful wind tore the mountains. What is God? I mean, God doing some God stuff, you know? Great and powerful wind tore the mountains apart and shattered the rocks. But the Lord wasn't in the wind. And after the wind, there was an earthquake. The Lord wasn't in the earthquake. And after the earthquake came a fire. I mean, God is really putting on a show. He's really got got some things on the go there why because he's going to make a point and after the fire came a gentle whisper the other version says a still small voice when Elijah heard it he pulled his cloak over his face and went out and stood at the mouth of the cave he came out of hiding he came out of that place when he heard the still small voice, when he heard the gentle whisper, we sung a song that referred to that this morning, didn't we? Good, good father, yeah. Brothers and sisters, here's my question. In that situation, in a situation where there's all sorts of things that are difficult, or there's fear, 
for this rejection, God is making a point that he will be not in the big display, not in the great noise, but the still small voice. And the question is, have you heard? Are you hearing that voice? That place that we enter through thanksgiving and we hear something. We hear something that changes the situation. See, all this stuff is going on. Elijah's right down the plug. God is providing for him, putting on a big sort of firework display to make a point. There's a still, small voice. There's a voice that you can hear. And it's a transforming voice because it then tells him what to do. What are you doing here? He, by the way, he goes through the same thing again. Whoa, 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 is me. You see, he hadn't had a total transformation, but he'd heard a voice. And then the interesting thing is, God does not say to him, there, there, you know, I'm going to look after you. Uh, uh, you know, it's all going to be all right. Uh, I'm dealing with Jezebel. And all that. He completely bypasses that. And actually commissions him. Go back the way you came. Go to the desert. And then begins to tell him what he needs to do for the fulfilment of his purpose in the land. It's basically... Uh, it's, God is not dealing with the issue that, that he was troubled about. But God is preparing him and God is placing his word into him and God is building something into him that he would uh, be equipped and enabled to fulfil the purpose of God having come through that process. Oh, and he just does tack on the end. By the way, there's 7,000 others that haven't bowed the knee, so you ain't even got that right. You know? Uh, so... A still small voice. How are we going to hear it in those times? By being connected into him. How do we connect into him? We enter his gates with thanksgiving. We come into his courts with praise. Brothers and sisters, we, we're, we're just getting a refresher. Most of us know these things. We're getting a refresher that God wants something and he is reminding us what he's provided so that we give what he wants and we use even the things that we prefer not to have as he uses them for the development of his purpose. What a powerful God. Do you remember when, after he'd been crucified... And the disciples were in despair. And uh, they did what they did. They went fishing. And they'd fished all night and caught nothing. And they heard one word from him. Put your nets down on the other side. And caught such a, such a haul of fish. Put your nets down on the other side. They heard a voice that took them into God's provision and God's purpose at that time. I always like Psalm 73. Psalmist says, he's talking about all the awful things that are happening and all the enemy and all the wickedness. And he says, you know, as for me, my feet almost slipped. I always tend to quote it in the King James. Uh, it's stuck there. My feet have well nigh slipped. My steps have gone. It's just, I come to the end. And then it goes on and on. And then he comes to the point and he's ranting on about, you know, how the enemy does a lot better and so on and so forth. Then further down in the psalm, he says, then I came into the sanctuary of God and I understood. It's like, He's going through all that stuff and then he comes into a place. Not understanding why all the stuff about the enemy, but coming into a place of God. 
place where somehow those things were set aside. And he, he, he connected in to the very thing that God wanted and God had for him. Then I came into the sanctuary of God. I turned aside from me. I turned aside from my moanings and rantings and troublings and striving and struggling. And I heard a voice. The secret power of actually speaking God's word. We can, we can tune in and remember there's always two, two voices in the spirit realm. There's a voice of the enemy and the voice of God. We have the power. My sheep hear my voice. We're equipped to be able to tune into that particular wavelength. Turning from whatever it is, rejection, loneliness, sickness, trouble, all very real. But God is working out his purpose. 2 Corinthians 4, 17. I'm going to read it in the, uh, in the good news. And this small temporary trouble we suffer will bring us a tremendous and eternal joy, much greater than the trouble. For we fix our attention not on the things that are seen, but on things that are unseen. What can be seen only lasts for a time, but what cannot be seen lasts forever. That statement, Job said it, I know that my Redeemer lives. Paul said it, I know whom I have believed and am persuaded he's able to keep that which I've committed unto him against that day. There's a special place. It's a prayer that's good, is especially in these times, to pray, Thou art rather than I want. It's a different, a different position. He's coming at it from a different way. He's declaring who he is. It's tapping into his power and presence. It's very true. God doesn't meet all our expectations. No, we worship God, not Santa Claus. No. Not about just getting everything, but it's about... Trusting that God has an eternal purpose and he will work that out and we can access and embrace what he's doing with the gateway of thankfulness and the understanding that that's what he wants and that he is always working out his purpose in us, being thankful in bad times. Okay, let's take a moment to turn back to God. In this, you have a song. Do we have a song? What's that one we were singing earlier? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's it, yeah. You understanding this, what I'm saying? Eh? Anybody up for it? Eh? No, come on, respond. Anybody up for it? Yeah? What are you up for? Easy, easy question. You only got to go back to the first thing I said. Thankful in bad times, yes. Fulfilling the will of God in everything, give thanks. And understanding that even in the bad times, he still wants us to be in that place.